Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, after 12 years of Love's Last Call, being heralded on the wings of radio broadcast, the station that hosted this endeavor has been sold, and tragically, at least by my perspective, it has transitioned from Christian programming to a secular and, for the most part, political platform. However, standing on the promise that God works all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purposes, Agape Light Ministries will be launching its Love's Last Call messages via podcast with the message you are now hearing being the very first. And with the Holy Spirit's wisdom, help, and guidance, in future podcasts, we will be addressing the current events of the day and how they are profoundly lining up with the prophetic word of God, while exposing the many counterfeits and falsehoods of the enemy that are leading multitudes of deceived ones to an eternity apart from the God of love and His salvation truth. And in order to lay a foundation upon which that eternal life mandate is realized, and before we delve into the many prophetic realities that are signaling the imminent return of Jesus the Christ, I believe it is critical that we address what it really means to be born again. For this is the most important matter that stirs within the heart of God concerning mankind. For without this regeneration miracle taking place within the deadened spirit of an unredeemed man or woman, they will not enter the kingdom of God, but will instead spend eternity apart from him in hell's abode. We are reminded that throughout the Gospels, Jesus repeated the phrase, Let those who have ears to hear, hear. Therefore, it is profoundly important that we realize that unless a man or woman lays down their stubbornness and is moved by the Holy Spirit with sacred conviction, which literally is defined as being made to see, their eyes will remain shut and their ears closed to the word of salvation. For in their unredeemed state, they are filled with the same pride and wrongful motives that caused Lucifer to fall from heaven. This fact is confirmed in the book of Genesis, where man's spiritual demise is recorded. We learn that Lucifer, disguised as a serpent, which in Hebrew means shining one, taunted Eve first with doubt in God's inerrant word of truth by asking her, did God really say? He then tempted her with a high ambition that she and Adam could be like God if they would reject God's word and put their trust in what he was saying instead. Every false way that has been orchestrated by the enemy is woven from within these two poisonous strategies. And every sin known to man is birthed from within the womb of unbelief in God's unadulterated word of life. And that is why every counterfeit of the enemy contradicts God's word by adding to, taking from, or twisting it all together, while elevating man, who in his Adamic fallen nature is seeped with pride and self-centered ambitions. I experienced this tragic reality years ago when I met a woman with whom I shared the gospel 
and asked her if she wanted to pray with me to receive Jesus as her personal Savior. And allow me to interject here that praying a prayer does not produce or guarantee salvation, but rather is an outward declaration of an inward miracle that marks that sacred moment. This premise is acknowledged in Romans 10:9, where it is written, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. But getting back to my example, this woman readily agreed to pray with me until I asked her to repeat, I know I am a sinner in need of the blood of Jesus, whereby she quickly pushed my hands away from hers as though she had been touched with fire and angrily announced that she was not a sinner, followed by a litany of all the good deeds she had done all her life, while also adding that she attended church three times a week. Surely she had been touched by the Holy Spirit's fire, which is ignited when a person refuses to repent of their own prideful efforts and turn to the God of love, grace, and mercy. I still think of her often and shudder with a deep concern that she may never have repented, for she told me then that she was 83 and time was not on her side. And there are many like her who find it very difficult to grasp the reality that no amount of good works or right living could ever be enough to grant a man or woman eternal life with the Father in heaven. Yet the fact remains that every man and woman birthed from our original parents who committed the first deadly sin of disobedience against the living God carries within them the same corrupted DNA of spiritual death and thus are incapable of producing anything that is good or holy. Sin separated man from God, and therefore the only remedy for this very great and sorrowful dilemma is to be transformed in regeneration, rebirth, and reconciled once again to God as a new creation in him. In the book of John, Jesus confirms this new birth necessity through his encounter with a man who, if good works could save you, surely he would have been qualified. For he was a dedicated Pharisee and teacher of the law. And yet something in his spirit was preventing him from believing that it was enough. And so for certainty, Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night watch, seeking the answer to how one could be given entrance into the kingdom of God. In response to his question, Jesus told Nicodemus, that he must be born again. The Greek phrase translated as born again in this passage is Juneo Anthonin, which literally means to be born from above. In verses 1 to 21, we read the ensuing dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus then said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? 
Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak that which we know and bear witness of that which we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, even the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believes may in him have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light is come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. In these recorded verses, it is noted that Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, one of the most religious and God-fearing people of that time in Israel. He studied the scriptures all his life, kept the law of God to the best of his ability, and in fact, he was a teacher of the law. To understand just how profoundly dedicated Nicodemus was, when a boy in a Pharisee family turned two years old, they would take the scroll of the law, the Torah, put honey on it, and have him lick it so that his earliest memory would be Psalm 119.103. How sweet are your words to my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. At four years old, he would start memorizing the book of Leviticus. By 12 years old, he had memorized Genesis through Deuteronomy, and as a teenager, he memorized the prophets and the Psalms. If you chose to become a Pharisee, you had to publicly vow to take the yoke of the Torah upon you and to keep the hours of prayer wherever you were, whether in the temple, the marketplace, or the street corner, and you would fast twice a week. You would not just tithe on your money, but on everything you had, even down to your herbs and spices. As a Pharisee, fully dedicated to God's law, you would think that Nicodemus would have had a definite in with the Lord. However, in spite of his religious knowledge and all of his dedicated efforts to keep and even teach the law, he still had a sensing of falling short and found himself being led by the Holy Spirit to Jesus, who he believed had the answer to his searching. And surely the Lamb of God did have the answer. 
for he himself is the answer. In the darkness of that night, as Nicodemus sought for truth, the light of God was shining with a salvation reality that no matter how religious or God-fearing you are, or how many good works you do, or how well you try to keep the commandments of God, none of these things will make you right before God, nor will they give you any right to enter his glorious kingdom. For all the works of man are corrupted by his fallen nature, and dead men can only produce dead works. Therefore, man must be born again anew, where the sinful nature is replaced by the divine nature of God himself. And the now saved one becomes a new creation in Jesus Christ the Lord. And on the note of that glorious salvation promise, we must pause for now, beloved. In our next podcast, we will continue addressing the new birth necessity, as well as recognizing the counterfeit from the genuine. Until then, please keep your heart open to his truth. And as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.